You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We are in a new series, as, as you all well know, uh, called The Future is Family. The Future is Family. The Future is Family. It's not uh, just men. It's not just women. It's all of us together doing this. It's actually God's original design, and everything that God originates comes under attack by the enemy. And so we've never seen uh, family under attack, I don't think, as we've seen in today's culture, um, where you see all kinds of divorce, right? You see all kinds of stuff. And so tonight is not going to be a condemnation of what has not gone well in your life or what you have done wrong or what has been done wrong to you. Tonight is about we're going to let go of, of what was, and we're going to step into God's design. Um, and God's design is a mama and a papa and kids, like in the Garden of Eden. Now, obviously, even they messed it up. So it's not to say we're going to get it right, or we're going to get it perfect, but we're going we're gonna to try hard. Um, because there is God's perfect will, and then there's God's permissible will. And God's perfect will is that everything is happy-go-lucky, Garden of Eden, and then God's permissible will is, you know, they take a bite of an apple and we end up here. Um, but the beautiful thing is God had a plan the whole time to save us from that in Jesus. And so we have a way forward. We have a way forward. Um, and I, I honestly didn't have a perfect family growing up. Um, some of you know my story. I lost my dad at nine years old um, to a massive heart attack. And so uh, I almost lost my mom the very next year to the exact same thing. And so my sister and I were raised by my mom and my mom worked her tail off um, to provide for our family living in California. And, you know, she did really well in her career and wanted to model that for us. But, you know, she was working 60, 70 hours a week. And so there wasn't really a, and she did her best to have male father figures around, but it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. And so I grew up with a lot of dysfunction. I grew up with a lot of rejection, a lot of anger about my situation and the cards that I was dealt because I felt it was unfair. And the reality is it was, but... That's life on this side of heaven is things are not fair. We don't necessarily need them to be fair, but we need God to be involved because he can make all things work together for our good. Um, and that's why God actually established the church because he knew in his foreknowing, meaning he knew the end from the beginning, he knew Adam and Eve were going to mess it up anyway. And so he knew that there was going to be times when there were going to be kids raised without fathers or kids raised without mothers or sometimes kids raised without any parents. And so that's why he created a family of his because he knew that I can fill in gaps that no one else can as being their heavenly father. But at the same time, I'm going to put earthly fathers and spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers if we're willing to do life in community. That's a big if. Because if you do Christianity isolated, I'm sorry, it's a group project. It's not, you don't do it by yourself. You just don't. Um, and I would credit most of what has happened in my life over the last seven years to the fact that I have committed to God's way of doing things, which is in community. And you guys have a beautiful community here. You're the smartest people in Salt Lake because you're here on a Wednesday night when you could be snowboarding or skiing. You know, I know Pastor Vince, he was like, no, I'm going to be here. I'm committed. I'm committed. But, but this morning he went, definitely. Glad the helicopter didn't crash on you. Praise God. That's what I was praying for, that it didn't, obviously. Um, and so family can be amazing, right? But it can also be, like, not amazing. Um, and, you know, I always thought about this. Like, what if you could, like, customize family? Like, you can customize a lot of things. But, you know, you can customize, like, Build-A-Bear. Like, imagine, you know, you Build-A-Bear. You go to the shop and you do different designs and all those things. Probably not more of a, less of an emerge thing, more of a cherished thing. Um, 
you can customize your car. I remember growing up, I always wanted spinners on my car. Anybody remember spinners? That was like the coolest thing when I was growing up. And then by the time I like could drive a car, it was like not cool anymore. I was like kind of upset because I was ready to have like an Escalade with spinners, but I, I could only afford a, a Buick LeSabre. And uh, putting spinners on that thing was just not going to be a good fit. Um, you could customize your home. You know, you could do interior design. Shout out Pastor Loren. If, uh, if you need interior design, if you need, like, you can customize your home and you can make it look awesome. Or, you know, if you don't do that, it, it might look bad. Um, you could customize uh, your Froyo. One of my favorite things to customize personally. Frozen yogurt, for those of you unfamiliar with Froyo. And, uh, and I absolutely love that because I, what I'll do, and this is a super hack for all of you ninja trick people that want the ninja tricks of Froyo. You go, and instead of going to the yogurt first, you go to the toppings first. Yeah, yeah, and then you get a, a solid foundation of Oreo and maybe a little bit of brownie, and then you go over, you do the, you know, a couple different swirls, not too many, because it's not like a, you know, a hurricane thing that you would do with the soda, you don't do that, you just do a, a couple different ones, and then you go back to the toppings, you do another topping layer, and then you do a little bit of hot fudge, and you check out, and it's $47.97, and, uh, but you've got the best froyo of your life. So you can customize a lot of things, but you can't customize family. Like, imagine customizing your family. Um, like, imagine if you could select, you know, before and you're like, okay, I want a child without stinky diapers, or at least one that could change their own diapers. Like, how, how cool would that be if you order that? It's like a price bump, but, you know, I would pay that price bump. I would pay that price bump. Um, or, like, if you could, before you get married, if you could select, like, a trait within them that was like, they would think you're always right. Like, how much would you pay for that? I mean, yeah. Second mortgage, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even, this is the best one. This is the best one. Um, if, you could, if you could pre-establish, and this has nothing to do with my family. This is just a generic thing that I came up with. Um, in-laws who actually ask you when you would like them to visit and then think whatever you suggest is amazingly generous. Like, how? <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? If you could customize your family, but we can't customize our family. Because... We can't customize, but we can be faithful with whatever hand that has been dealt to us. And if we're faithful, God says that he'll, he'll bless that. And there's a man in the Bible who actually had to do just that. He had to basically take a, a hand that was dealt to him. It wasn't a great hand, um, but he made a conviction in his heart that I'm going to do things differently. Is there anybody in here that might do things a little differently than how they were raised? And that's okay. Maybe your parents are with you. Maybe don't raise your hand. Um, but in your heart, maybe you would. And then there are some of us that actually were raised with great models and we have great parents, but, um, and so tonight, you know, you can just lean back and just enjoy the fact that you were raised in a perfect household um, and you can help all the rest of us. But there was a man and his name was Joshua and his name was Joshua and, and Joshua was one of the two spies that Moses sent into the promised land to see, hey, you know, there, there was 10 of them, two of them came back and gave a good report, 12 of them, 10 came back, gave a bad report, two of them gave a good report, I was Caleb and Joshua, they were young and, and, and basically out of the entire tribe, out of the millions of people that, that came from Israel, most of them wanted to um, completely basically just stay where they were at. They, they didn't want to take the risk to go into the promised land. It was too dangerous. There were giants. There was big grapes. I mean, that's intimidating. Like good wine, it's intimidating. Um, I don't understand it. But, uh, but Joshua then is the one later on that actually leads them into the promised land. And he's the one that champions that with Caleb, uh, a whole new generation that does things differently. Because that generation beforehand had to die in the wilderness because they couldn't see God right. They couldn't move on from their offenses, from their pain, from all the stuff and the junk and the cards that they were dealt. They felt were so unfair that they couldn't lower those and they couldn't 
discard those and they couldn't just surrender those to God and trust him with their future. And so the next generation had to do that. I know for us, we're not going to be a generation that does that. We're going to be a generation that says, yeah, take us into the promised land. Take us into what Salt Lake City has. And, uh, and so if we can put up Joshua 24, verse 15, that's the context of this. And Joshua actually is already, um, he's already passed over. And he's, this is him basically leaving the Israelites saying, hey, this is, you need to take care of this. This is, this is what you guys need to do. Now that I'm going to leave you, I'm old and I've done my job, but now you guys have to continue on in this. And he basically has them make a covenant with God saying, hey, we're going to stick with you, God, no matter what. Like, you are our God. Um, and so before he's, you know, he solidifies that, uh, it says Joshua uh, 24, 15. Um, I think we have it up here. It says, and if it seems evil to you, now this is him talking to the Israelites. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. It's a great scripture because obviously, I mean, it's on everybody's like, it's, it's the coolest design. Like everyone has it, you know, Pastor Lorraine probably has a ton of them backordered that you can buy. And you just put them up in your hallway and it's like, oh, well, they're Christians. They love Jesus. Um, but it's, it's amazing because Joshua came from a, a family that didn't, that didn't serve God. He came from a family that was probably the opposite of the way that he had a conviction in his own heart. I'm going to do things this way. And so that was the generation that had to, had to go away. But he, in his own heart, said, no, from my house down. Because house doesn't just mean your household. It means it means your lineage, generationally. So he made a decision, as for me and my house and the generations that follow me, we're going to serve God. I don't care what the rest of you do. Um, and so it's a beautiful thing that he did. And so the title of this message tonight is, As for Me and My House. As for Me and My House. Um, and so the first thing that we need to do, if we want our house and our lineage and the generations after us to be a house that serves Jesus, the first thing we need to do is make amends with the hand that we were dealt. Make amends with the hand that we were dealt. Because reality is all of us were dealt different hands. Some of them fair, some of them not fair. The camp family we were, you know, come from, born into. Um, and at some point, at some point, for us to build an, as for me and my house family, we've got to make amends with two things. Number one, with God and with our family in order to build a better future. Um, there's, a, there's a scripture in Matthew, I'm not going to read it, but it's in Matthew 25, um, and, it's, and it's verses 14 and 30. If you want to like, write that down and go back and look at it, it's a story of the talents. Many of us are really familiar with it. It's basically the story of a master is going away resembling God, and he's giving these three guys these different amounts of gold. Talent was a gold. And so he gave one guy one talent, he gave another guy uh, two talents, and he gave another guy five. Now, why he did that, how he did that, didn't matter. The reality is, once again, the, the, the circumstances, the hands were dealt and always fair. And so the guy with two could say, oh, it's not fair. The guy with five got more. Well, he did, but so what? What are you going to do about it? And the guy with one, same thing. And so the master says, I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to judge basically according to how you did. I need you to go and be faithful with these, multiply them. And so we come back, and we hear about the guy with the five, he multiplied it into 10. So he got a well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of, of your master. Awesome, really good for him. High fives on the way in, amazing. Guy with two did the same thing, four. And guess what? He got the exact same response. Even though the guy with 10 had more, the guy with two that multiplied to four, he did the same thing. He multiplied, he took the hand that was given to him and he did the best that he could with it. He didn't complain, he didn't say this guy. He did the best, he, he took personal responsibility. But then you get to the guy with one. 
And the guy with one says, I didn't do anything with it. I buried it because I knew you to be a wicked master. I knew you to be evil. I knew you to be one who's, who reaps where he hasn't sown and all this. Stuff. So he's basically abdicating personal responsibility, even though he could have done the same thing, multiplied from one to two, and ended up in the exact same, enter in the joy of your Lord. You've been faithful with little. Now you're going to be rule over much. And you see a really not so great response uh, of, well, I'm going to cast you out into the weeping and gnashing of teeth, uh, into lake of fire and stuff like that. Really not good for him. Uh, because the reality is the guy with two had a grateful heart and he took personal responsibility for where he was at and said, I can do something with this because I see my master correctly. Five did the same thing. You see, the guy with one, he never made amends with the master. He never made amends with God. He never made amends. And, and the reality was because he never made amends with his master, he never went to the two other guys and said, hey, how are you multiplying those? How are you doing the right thing? How are you, how are you growing? How are you seeing results that are greater than what you started with? And he never did that. And so he ended up ruining his entire future because he couldn't get over the hand that he was dealt. We see in Exodus 20, verse 12, the power of honoring your father and your mother. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. If you want to be on the slopes and have a good time and enjoy life, you better honor your mother and your father because of their position, not because of how they've been. Because of their position, not because of how they've been. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you it was not easy for me. And I'll talk about that here in a second. You see, in Matthew 6, verse 14, says, honor your father and mother, you, that your days may be, or no, I already read that one. Um, Matthew 6, 14, if we have that, can we throw that up? It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. That's kind of a, a, a hinge on which a door swings. It's important to know. Um, and then you have Mark eleven twenty five. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. In other words, if you want it to go well for you, if you want God to forgive you, if you want to live in it, then we've got to live in a place of forgiveness and of moving on from the hand that we were dealt into a healthy place. Um, yeah. It's a good thing because the reality is if we can do that, then we can actually start to step into health and growth and live in community the way we were designed to. I, I was very angry when I was a kid because I didn't have a dad growing up. And so I was angry and I didn't know God. I wasn't, I grew up Catholic and Jewish, so I had no idea about anything really. Um, but I, I did know that I was angry at something. And I, and I ended up projecting that anger on the people around me. I ended up projecting that anger at my mom who had nothing to do with it. I ended up projecting that anger at my sister. I ended up projecting that anger on quite a few people. Ended up messing up some relationships that took me a very long time to have to rebuild. And I didn't realize I was mad at God. Obviously, I didn't really know he was, he was real. Um, and it didn't get to the point where until I got saved that I realized, oh, God can be my heavenly father. And I know that God actually is going to use this for good. Romans 8, 28, for God works all things together. Forgive those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I, it was actually easier to, to forgive God. It was actually easier for me to make amends with him because I saw him as a loving father for the first time ever. And that he did not do this to me. The devil did that but that God was going to use it and work it out together for my good. So I was like, oh God, you and I are good. And then I remember in my early journey of being a Christian, I remember, uh, you know, I come across the scripture, honor your father. And my, oh yeah, I honor my, you know, honor my mom. We're fine. 
And then I remember sitting in a movie with some of my buddies in Connect Group, and they're like, yeah, let's go see this movie War Room. Um, and it was this woman, is this movie about this, this, this grandma who had this war room, this prayer room, probably like Abe has at his work. And uh, <laughs> it's got all these scriptures and God, and she's like the OG grandma, like, I'm gonna pray all y'all into heaven. And like, you're like, I want that grandma. Like, my life will be. And so, uh, and, and basically it's this whole story of forgiveness. And so, and the entire time I'm like losing, I'm like crying. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I remember feeling so convicted because it, it basically demonstrated this ability and this reality that if we don't forgive and we don't honor our parents, we're going to get locked up. And I don't mean necessarily locked up in prison. Now that could happen. I just mean locked up spiritually, which is also a very bad thing, probably worse. And so I end up leaving. I remember we, it was so funny. Ark and Eckerd, we were so, we were such new Christians. We literally got out of the movie theater. We got in a circle, you know, outside on the, on the curb. And we're like, all right, guys, share what you have that like came up for you during that. And it was like, you know, it was, it was a good thing to do. It was just a funny thing that we like chose to do that like 11 o'clock at night on the side of a movie theater. And, and I remember all of us were just soaking. I'm like, I got to go ask my mom to forgive me. I got to go repent. And I never, I, I thought we were fine. But the re- reality was I said some things and I did some things when I was a kid. And even when I was a young adult before I got saved that were just not honoring. And I had to go back to my mom and I said, mom, I know I messed up and I know I did a lot of things. I took, I took the money, the inheritance that was meant for this and I, and I blew it and I told you you had nothing to do and I told you you weren't a good role model. I told you all these things and I, I want to tell you I'm, I'm very sorry. I was wrong and I want to see if you'll forgive me. And I remember the, not only the relief because I got what was off my chest, what I felt like God was telling me to do, but I actually began to see freedom at levels I never thought I could. I began experiencing God at levels like that, and my life started to accelerate because why? Because if you would honor your mother, then days will go well with you. Now, for my dad who wasn't around, I actually had to go through that process too because I was actually very mad at him. You didn't take care of your body. You didn't take care of yourself. And you ended up just sinking your life. And then, at, you know, when I was nine, like I needed a dad. There was so much I missed out on. There was so many things I was angry about. And so I remember a year into marriage, a year into marriage, we've been married five years now, a year into marriage, this started coming because I thought, oh, I forgave my dad, but this stuff came up. And my wife was like, well, like, and, and I remember we were just praying together and she's like, I feel like you need to, I'm like, no. And she's like, just pray about it. And then I just start crying. And I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> and then, uh, and so I remember I had to forgive him for feeling like he rejected me. And obviously, you know, he's not here anymore, but some, sometimes it's writing a letter. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's just praying. Whatever you've got to do to make amends, with, and, and as I'm speaking right now, you're probably thinking of people. And if you're thinking of people and you feel a conviction, don't leave here tonight without doing that. Or at least go home and make the decision you're going to do that when you do. But we're going to have people that will be able to pray with you um, afterwards because you don't want to leave here and make life harder for yourself. It's harder to make amends with your family. It's probably easier to make amends with God, but either way, you've got to do both. And until we do that, we will not be able to write a new story for our family. So that's point number one. Point number two, choose a new legacy. Choose a new legacy. Um, once we've made amends of the past in order for us to establish a new legacy, we've got to look to a picture of possibility for our future and establish values that are actually going to help us live that out. Um, Joshua did this. He looked to, because his family wasn't the ones that were doing it, he looked to Moses. In Joshua 24, uh, verse 13, or actually Exodus 24, verse 13, Exodus 24, verse 13, I probably put the wrong thing up. It said that, so Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up the mountain of God. So Joshua went with Moses and observed how he lived before God. He didn't have a model for that growing up, so he found one in the house of God. 
He didn't have a model for a man of God, so he went and found one in the house of God. Exodus 33.11 says that, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face and as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. In other words, it said that Joshua would linger. He would stay around. He would do the things that he saw Moses do. And so I remember coming to church, I realized I needed to do things different. Um, than how I was modeled because I've never seen a, a relationship with God model. I've never seen a, a healthy family modeled. And Moses knew God's ways. And so I would encourage you, find someone who knows God's ways in this house. And they're here. Connect group leaders, team leaders, your pastors. Because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, I had to find it. And so I remember coming to church and I found models of health. I saw Pastor Jurgen Land. I was like, I want that life. I saw Pastor Matt Michaela. I want Pastor John and Becky, Pastor Matt Loren. Models of health that for me, I'm like, I've never seen that before but it kept me and healthy things grow. And the reason a lot of us are probably here tonight is because we see health that we want part of. And the beautiful thing is if you do what they do, if you think the way they think, and if you would become and have the same habits they would have and, and take on the things that they did, like Joshua did with Moses, then you can have the same spiritual life. You can have the same family life. You can have the same financial life. You can have the same all the life if you were to do the things that they did. And I remember when Tanae and I got married, you know, one of the things we did was we committed after seeing pictures of possibility like this. We say, okay, well, we want to grow into these areas. So who are we going to serve? Because I know if I can serve that family, that's a form of honor and whatever I honor will flow back towards me. And so if, if you see, and I, I would tell you like this front row and your, your leadership team and Pastor Matt and Loren, as you serve them, as you honor them, it's not just to do it. It's so that what's on them will actually come back to you. And I promise you, you want what's on them because it'll transform your life. And, and I did that. And I can tell you five years later, we're not perfect, but we're a lot better off than we were because Tanae and I, neither of us saw a marriage growing up. My, my wife's father was uh, a drug addict and alcoholic and was never around. Um, and so my wife and I, neither of us had a picture of possibility with marriage, but guess what? We are now healthier than we've ever been, stronger than we've ever been because we found it in the house. We found it in the house. The last thing, the last point is to commit to living in community with those who share your values and vision. Once we made amends with the past, identified and followed a picture of possibility for our future family, we must commit to doing life in community with those who share our values and vision. Psalm 92.13 says this. So the, it said, so uh, those who are planted in the house of our God, it's so funny, when I did my notes, I literally thought I copied in different scriptures. I copied the same scripture 10 times. Pretty amazing. But with different titles. So like Psalm, Psalm 9, it's hilarious. Um, good thing I know the Bible, okay? I've been reading it for a little while. Uh, those who are planted in the house of our God shall flourish in the courts of their God. Um, in other words, if you plant yourself in God's house, I remember reading that and being like, that's a hack. That's a secret. That's a ninja trick. I just need to get planted. If I would just get planted, and planted means dying to myself. So I, if I would allow the inconvenient things like serving and being in connect group and allowing leaders to speak into my life and, and like sowing my life into God's house, the deeper I go, the faster I can. I mean, this is not brain, it's not rocket science, y'all. Like I, I didn't graduate college. I'm not the smartest guy. 
But you know what I committed to doing? I committed to, to, to letting the fruit of this house tell me what is the pathway to, to health and growth and laying aside whatever thoughts or feelings I had because it wasn't convenient for me to start serving. It wasn't convenient for me to like let leaders into my whole life. It wasn't convenient for me to get rebuked. It wasn't convenient for me to be challenged. It wasn't convenient for me to show up to Connect Group. It wasn't convenient for me to step up and show up to an event. It wasn't convenient. But guess what? I was tired of the results I was getting out of living conveniently. Because convenience will get you mediocrity. And at some point, when you get tired enough of mediocrity, I just happen to get tired of it at 21, you will find yourself on a pathway to growth and acceleration you could not even imagine. And the reality is that we see this in the parable of the sower. Parable of the sower, Jesus says, if you do not understand the parable of the sower, you don't understand anything about the kingdom of God. Which is a really powerful statement to make. Like, okay, Jesus, have you read John 3.16? You know, it's like, no. It's, it's the most powerful parable because he says that when seed are sown, when, when the gospel is preached, some of it will fall on rocky ground. Some of it will fall among thorns. Some of it will fall on dry, but some of it will fall on good soil. And that soil will reproduce 30, 60, 100 fold. And good soil is as simple as this. The reason those other seeds, same seed, same power, same resurrection power, same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and can manifest through you. But the decision we have to make is what kind of soil am I gonna be? Because that seed, if you allow it to go into a soil, which is your, your choice, to be planted in a house. Planted things grow. But we make the choice on what kind of soil we are. And I decided I want to be the 30, 60, 100 fold. And so I'm going to become the one that has the good soil by planting myself deep. Because the deeper I go, the reason skyscrapers get so high is because you got a deep foundation. So if I allow myself to die to myself and to become resurrected through his power, then that's, that's what my life's going to look like. If I wanted a different result, I needed to plant myself in a new environment because my life up until church was a product of my environment. So if we want a different result, we got to plant ourselves in a new one. And, and that's through serving. That's through connect group. That's through tithing and giving. I mean, 30, 60, 100 fold is pretty simple. We've made a clear pathway and it's in the Bible. It's all biblical. It's kingdom. If you would serve, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. If you would be in community, live in community, because the Bible says if we are confessing our trespass to one another and praying for one another, we're going to be healed. Men's and women's prayer. Like this stuff is all, Pastor Eugene and I have carved out a beautiful kingdom paradise called Awakened Church. We're in the middle of chaos, in the middle of all kinds of stuff. We can come, we can worship, we can pray, we can see our lives flourish because the reality is even in a pandemic, even in a famine, even in the craziest of times, the people of God who had planted themselves always came out 30, 60, 100 fold better. So when COVID came, Pastor Jurgen didn't flinch. You want to know why? Because he knew. My people, I, I don't just, I don't preach a soft gospel. I don't preach anything that will make them comfortable. We have challenged them. We have encouraged them. We have made sure that they were planted deep because planted deep is not just about an organization running. It's not just about it's about you making sure that when that wind comes, when that storm comes, you will stay fortified, you will stand, and that God would accelerate and multiply everything on your life. And so we don't just say things to say things. We don't just do things to do things. We say things because we know that your life will never be the same. A life in healthy community is a life destined to flourish.
And so I'd love if everyone can just, uh, actually just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I would love to pray for a couple different types of people right now. Uh, the first type, if everyone just bow your heads, close your eyes. If there's anybody in here that you were like me seven years ago and you do not, if you were to ask yourself right now, am I in relationship with Jesus Christ? Do I know him? As my Savior, do I know him as Lord? I knew about God. I had heard the name God. I'd heard the name Jesus. I had been to Catholic Mass. I'd heard Yahweh in synagogue, but I had never been in relationship with him. I had never called him Savior, never called him Lord. And if you're in here today and you've never done that, well, friend, today that's your first step to a life of flourishing, a future that is different for your family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the first step. And so maybe you've never made that decision in a moment. I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Or maybe you once made that decision, but you've walked away, fell away, ran away, and you know you need to come back to Jesus tonight because you know for you and your house to serve the Lord, you've got to first be surrendered to him and submitted to him. And that's the first step. So on the count of three, if you could just lift your hand, if you're one of those two types of people, and I can pray for you. One, friend, God loves you. Two, I promise you'll never be the same. Three, if you could just lift your hand real quick, just shoot your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. Incredible, beautiful, beautiful. All right, let's just repeat this prayer after me. We had some people raise their hands, which is very exciting. Our team saw you. They wanna just take a moment, connect with you, pray with you, give you a book called the Bible, which I read out of today, and a book called Following Jesus, which one of our pastors wrote. And uh, so let's all say this together. Dear Jesus, Thank you for what you did on the cross. I give you my life. I thank you that I take on your new life and your spirit. Today, I declare you are my savior and you are my Lord. And come what may, I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's celebrate those people. And then last thing before I hand off to Pastor Matt, if everyone could just lift your hands, I just want to pray for you today. And, if, and just think, if, if one of those three steps, if, what, what's your next step? Is your, is your next step, do you have to make some amends? If you want to have an, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If Maybe you've got to make amends with God. Maybe tonight before you leave, you've got to sit here and even right now, you just got to make amends with God. God, I know I didn't get the hand I, I wanted that I was dealt, but I know you can use my hand. You can use my hand. I can't tell you how many people have been impacted or are on the other side of eternity now because of what I walked through and what I surrendered to Jesus. And the same thing could be true for your story. Or maybe you need to make amends with your family and you need to honor your mother and your father and maybe someone else, but you know you need to do that. Don't, don't, leave, don't leave tonight or make sure you go home and do that. Maybe the second type of person, you say, I've made amends, but I don't see a picture of possibility. I feel stuck. Friends, go, go find, there are plenty of people in this house. This front row is filled with healthy marriages, filled with people who are living on purpose, their destiny as for them and their house, they're serving the Lord. Just come and ask them, how did you do it? How did you raise your kids? How did you go through this in marriage? How did you? And then the last thing is commit to living in community. If you have not started serving on a team, friend, Go through DNA, serve on a team, lay your life down and find what God resurrects. If you're not in a connect group, I mean, I'm in a connect group. I'm in a connect group. I'm still in a connect group. Why? Because the times I've been out of a connect group have been the most difficult times of my life. And I refuse to allow, now that I have a daughter, I've got a legacy, I'm not gonna let anything take me out. And so I commit to doing life in community where other people can call me on my stuff and I can have fun and enjoy 
and I can see my life flourish. So, Father, I thank you that you are the God of legacy. You're the God of a household that serves you. And Father, we thank you that as people forgive and let go and make amends tonight, that you would heal them. I see bodies being healed as you make amends. Bodies being healed. Things that you were diagnosed with are gonna leave your body because you're gonna make amends tonight. And Father, I thank you that as people can be submitted to a picture possibly that they would be inspired to take their lives to a whole nother level because of the lives that were laid down here at the altar and resurrected. And Father, I thank you for those that have chosen to live their lives in community and for those that are gonna take that step tonight. I think that you would meet them, that you would speak to them and you would transform their life completely, radically and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.